Alright, everything seems to be in order here and ready to go. Hey there guys, what is going on? And welcome to tonight's episode of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 160 of TXR, the place for Xbox talk and more every Sunday night. I'm your host, Invader, and we've got a lot to chat to chat about. The Video Game Awards recently revealed their nominees for the past year. We'll be doing a deep dive of that, going through a few of the categories and how Xbox did with nominees overall. As well, we'll be going over news of Xbox and LG TV forming some sort of, sorry, some sort of partnership. Uh, you know, where are we going to see the effects of that for Xbox? Well... We'll talk about it. As well, we'll talk about some recent delays, leaks, and more. But of course, before we get into all that, let me introduce every person on the TXR panel tonight, starting with Eric Shockley. Shock Buddy, what's happening, brother? What's up? I thought you were about to say, or I thought you did say LGBTQ, but you said LGTV coming out there. <laughs> 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 I was like, wait, what? Oh, but no, I've been just in uh, getting into Destiny, trying to get my light level up to uh, where I can enjoy uh, join in this new raid. I've been on Destiny since uh, the original raid for Destiny 2, so it's been a minute. So I've been just trying to get my light level up for that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been focusing on this week. So all right, all right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I did. I did think I uh, I saw you. On my, my friends list, they're playing some Destiny over the past few days. So that's pretty cool. I, I, you know what? I gotta dive back into that because I want to try it out, see you know all the updates and whatnot. And plus, we get the expansion passes on Ga- on Game Pass, right? So, yeah, I definitely gotta give that a shot. All right, moving along down the list here, Tim Dog, how you been, bud? Good. How you doing? Just uh, enjoying the new console and. Um... Ready to talk about it, ready to talk about the news. Last week I had to be cut short, but we're going to be here the full show. So, you know, uh, looking forward to a good show. Yeah, brother, you got that right. All right, moving on down the list. Centurion, buddy, what's uh, new in your world, man? Oh, my God, man. I am having the problem a lot of people are having right now, and that is I am drowning in too many games that are adding on to my backlog. And the problem was made even worse by Mr. Downer here by getting me Yakuza like a dragon. And, I mean, that game has been fun from what I have played so far. So thank you on that one. And uh, to kind of throw the cherry on top of everything, I got my PS5 on Wednesday. And I got the replacement Series X on Friday. Oh, nice. Uh, So I'm assuming everything's been working out with this one? Yeah. Um. So I'm kind of in the bushes right now. I'm scared to plug it in. <laughs> I've just been sitting there staring at it, you know, basically saying nice things to it, you know, giving it some positive reinforcement. <laughs> plug it oh, in. You're not plug it in the wall. <laughs> oh no, I I did I did I went out and got a an um thing for the wall. So that way, because I'm sorry, I live in the desert. Lightning strikes are actually very common out here. And yeah, I have surge protectors on everything. And so I, you know, it's just a rumor or conjecture. I've tried reading it on both ways on, you know, power. I mean, surge protector or not, but I just 
plug it in straight to the wall because, you know, I, from my research, I at least know the Series X has something built into it to at least uh, to prevent from burning up from something like that. All right, all right. Yeah, Yakuza, I mean, I I really want to play that uh, soon. I'll probably get it, like, at Christmas or around Christmas. I really want to. It just looks like so much fun. So that's awesome that Jeremy got you that game. Damn. Talk about... Uh... It was my first time playing Yakuza, so, I mean, <laughs> I'm having a blast. I mean, the game's beautiful to look at. Um, you know, from what I've read on the game, I can already, you know, you already see where it's going. Um, but I can't wait until I can start summoning crawfish. That is like one thing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Somebody get me a cell phone. I need to bring down some crayfish on some people. Oh man, yeah, definitely. All right. And speaking about the uh, the gift giver, Jeremy, uh, how are you doing, my American friend? And that game is probably going to get nominated for Game of the Year when all is said and done because in number one, it's an amazing story. That game is awesome. has great characters. Uh, it's a good fighting system. It's over the top. It's outrageous. Um, it's just a good, solid game from Sega. They did a good job. Very happy with Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I started playing the games as soon as they went into Game Pass. Admittedly, I haven't gone to them all yet, uh, all those games in the series. But, damn, like... Color me impressed. They they are a lot of fun. So it doesn't have well, it doesn't quite have the tone of the older games. They're a little bit more serious, but this one has some pretty some pretty deep and uh, dark storylines to it. Um, it de it definitely takes a turn. I would say that early on in the game, not to spoil things, but man, I haven't played a game like this in a long time. I'm very surprised by Yakuza. All right, I'll definitely, yeah, like, it just looks like a lot of fun, like you said, with the combat system, and it doesn't seem to take itself too seriously, so I really want to get into that. Plus, I mean, I don't know, it's just one of those games that Xbox is really promoting at the moment. I mean, it's not an exclusive, but at the same time, there's a lot of connections there uh, with Sega and Microsoft at the moment, so. Uh, well, um, don't, there is an exclusive part to this game. Oh, uh, right yeah. now, like right now, this game is only available on the PS4. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm correct, the PS5 version of this game will not hit uh, retail until March of 2021. Mm -hmm, yeah, that's correct. Uh, Which I feel has to do with the smart deliveries, because basically yes. there's only two copies. There's a PS4 copy and there's one box that says Xbox One and Series X. So I think it has more to do with that because some of the other there's some other I think next gen features coming in as well as some like uh, dub like you know, English tracks that are coming in the PS5 once the PS5 one's ready. Not so to I think like that's what it is. But. Not to like draw out the intros, but like when it comes to smart delivery, we're when you play on the UI of the PS5 and the UI of the Series X. Is smart. You could see where how smart delivery is going to make a lot more ease of access for uh, players uh, on the uh, on the Xbox side of things than the PS5 because on the PS5 it I did not realize it, but even with the disc in the PS5 for the PS5 version of Spider-Man Miles Morales, it told me I did not own this game, 
and I got confused, and that's when I noticed that it was basic. I was trying to play the PS4 version of the game, and it was trying to sell it to me. And then I went to the PS5 version of the game, and it's like, oh yeah, you can play this because you have the disc inside the machine. <laughs> I bought it digital on PS5, and it downloaded both the PS4 and PS5 version to my PS5. And I was wow. like, why is this taking up so much space? I was like, oh, I literally have two versions of the game. Smart nope. delivery eliminates that. Exactly. I uh, I really see uh, smart delivery definitely being something, uh, a bigger game changer later on, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was already popular when it was first announced. Just imagine, like, going into, you know, the next few months or, or when people start getting their hands well, on more consoles, when there's more available. Like, it's going to be a real And I see more people deal. accidentally buying multiple versions of the same game on different platforms. And um, it's going to really definitely uh, put Sony in a position where they might have to actually revamp their uh, their return policy to be a little bit more flexible like Microsoft's just because of how many people are going to accidentally purchase the PS4 version of a game on their PS5. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you got to love Microsoft's stance with the whole smart delivery. In any case, it's really a cut above what Sony's been doing with the PlayStation 5, so... Uh, we'll see in the months uh, ahead of us, but either way, um, yeah, I'm just really happy with what Xbox is doing for the consumer on that front. Um, but all right, fellas, we will dive right into our first bit of news. And this past week, the Video Game Awards, the VGAs, announced their nominees for games released over the year. Obviously, there's a lot of categories listed, so we'll try to focus on the Game of the Year category the list there and areas where Microsoft games have been highlighted. Now, for the game of the year, we have for the nominees Doom Eternal, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us 2. Now, Jeremy, buddy, I'll kick this off with you to start. Uh, what do you think of all the games listed in this category, and who do you think will take the cake for, and win the game of the year? So it's really three out of the five that are running that have a good chance to win. I think the other ones were just mentioned just to, you know, honorable mention, so to speak. But they're all PlayStation games. Uh, Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, like you said, Final Fantasy. I really believe that Ori 2 should have been on that list or at least nominated. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and Half-Life is another one. And I know those two got uh, nominated for a different category, but again... I do feel like Ori 2 should have been on there. Half-Life 2 should have been nominated for Game of the Year. Um, I think the advisory board should have some say in the nominees and to do it in like a non-biased way. But right now, it's not set up that way. So, uh, In general, I do really like the, the Game Awards. Um, I think sometimes, especially in the past... It's felt like a PlayStation Hideo Kojima suck fest rather than the celebration <laughs> of gaming. But uh, over its lifespan, there's definitely been some cringeworthy moments. I mean, you guys have seen them uh, in gas, but the show's come a long way. And I think um, Jeff has done a good job up to this point, kind of evolving uh, the, the Game of the Year awards. And I am looking forward to uh, this one. I do hope Xbox has a big showing because uh it is a it is a big platform it, it is especially last year you've seen the impact it made 
uh, with gamers across the world, uh, especially here in the U.S., with the unveiling of, um, uh, you know, of uh, the Xbox Series X, as well as um, uh, Ninja Theory's game. Oh my God, I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, if they do that um, and show gameplay and maybe some of the future titles of the Series X, um, since Phil, it, yeah, since Phil is I on that. I just bought that today. <laughs> and <laughs> since Phil is on the advisory board, I think um, you know he can he can definitely uh, put some input in there. But I'm looking forward to it. You see Microsoft buying a, another nominee this year with Doom, <laughs> like last year with Outer Worlds. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of nominees, if I could be the one, I guess that will point out the elephant in the room. Why in Sam Hell is there a remake in there again? Right. Like, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, but Game of the Year should be a category for a new title that pushes the industry forward, not the, somebody that remake? went Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> if you play it, it's a sequel. <laughs> But I know, but no, but here's the thing I'm talking pushes the industry forward. You have an established story, established characters, an yeah. established, but you have an established plot. So no, I, no, I don't, no, 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 I don't no, care don't. how much paint you throw on it, you no. already have established. This is a sequel. That's where this is a sequel. This is like watching. Uh, I don't know, Back to the Future Part 2 and saying, hey, you know how things are going to play out. No, they're going to go back in time. And Never mind, I just ruined it. I spoiled it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I haven't played it yet, but I'm just saying, if by some chance they didn't then take the damn word remake out of it, because I'm just saying if you're going to take something that already has established characters, an established plot, you already have an established love for Final Fantasy VII. So you're going to already have, you're going to already be ahead of the game compared to somebody who is launching a new title. Let's put it up against Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Tsushima. Um, this game has actually been branded as an Assassin's Creed clone. But I honestly think, though, this is a developer that took a story and, you know, took a concept of gaming and put it towards a totally different, uh, you know, we've never seen Assassin's Creed really go Asia. So we did it in, like, I think in Assassin's Creed's Chronicles. So, hey, you know what? Just because a game shares mechanics, sometimes a story can push it way beyond that. And from what I've heard, Ghost of Tsushima is a really good game. I'm actually wanting to pick it up for my PlayStation. Um, but I just don't like the idea of taking games that, like, like remakes, like we'll even use Resident Evil. Wasn't Resident Evil nominated um, last year? As a yeah, that was a closer, like one to one, like it's a still action, whereas the other one was kind of yeah. like a RPG from the PS One, and turning this into a completely different game, which I would say is harder. That's and this is one of the I best action games I've ever played. There, there's a but okay, but at this point in the industry, there is enough remakes, remasters, rehatchings that you could have your own category now for for games like this. You know what? Uh, I would have to agree with Shock on this, Centurion, because I remember, I believe the original Final Fantasy VII game came out in 1995, if I'm not mistaken, but it was ahead of its time in, in, in terms of storytelling, instead of character development, in terms of RPG mecha uh, mechanics, in terms of just every aspect of gaming you can think of. It was, at the time, it was, I think, the most expensive game 
that was ever created. Exa- I believe, exactly, at the time. and you already have that established so that so, established reputation backing it. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like slapping the word Star Wars on a napkin, and it sells. Yeah, but I really felt when playing the game, and I've, I've you 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 haven't played it. I've played it, and Shock has passed it. And I really felt like when I played the game, it felt like a new game to me. It did not feel like a remake game at all. They enhanced the graphics. They enhanced just every aspect of the game, whether it was storytelling, whether it was the character development, whether it was your character. uh, You know, just share any. Does it share any similarities in the story from that game? Of course, just the the so that's where you're. It's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. The first few days he goes on, it plays out exactly the same. But halfway through the movie, it's things start to change where this isn't the same this isn't the same game. So it's kinda like that. So it's yeah. It's not like it's not a one for one, hey, this third of the game is the same. It changed. But the character the main character already existed. I mean, just to put this to rest, you haven't played it yet, so that's you know You can't see. Talk I'm not. About I'm not over here arguing about the game. I'm arguing about how literally. So basically, a company basically blew the dust off of a game that was already made, did a very damn good job, and circumvented all the hard work somebody that that somebody that had an original idea and put all their was blood, Ghost sweat, of and tears into Super it. original though. I mean, we just. I'm had not even Sekiro talking about Ghost of Tsushima. I'm talking about the industry as a oh, whole. Okay. I'm talking about the industry as a whole at that point where there is people working every single day putting out to put um, original ideas out there and trying to create new things. And um, definitely all of a sudden uh, game developers have discovered the idea that nostalgia is one hell of a drug and that if done right, you can make some really, really good games and actually take a game that was already created once and pretty much create it again in like, a completely different you would manner. Agree, you would agree that, like, say, Gears 5 would have been you would have had no problem with gears 5 being nominated for a game of the year right it's a sequel it's an established well that's that's why it's a new it's a new game i guess they were trying to expand the the characters building on to jd and kate and all them and you know putting adding on to the story for me it's the fact that you took an already established story and it would be kind of like now if they took uh, the story of Darth Vader, which is actually over six movies, if you really look at it, and condensed all six movies into one two-hour film. You still have the story of Darth Vader. I mean, once you beat this, then you'll probably look at it differently. No, I know but... it's going to be an awesome game. Um, I thought about I buying just mean, the original because on how Xbox. It plays now. Out. Yeah, the story, I, for the me, story, it's, it's not the, the same. A remake into Game yeah. of the Year. What, what he's trying to tell you, it's not yeah. a remake. It's a exactly. Sequel. That's what, what it should trying, be called. Right. What well, he's trying to tell you is that there's story elements in it that progress for future development of the of this title it's exactly like i said groundhog's day first half of the movie each one of those days hey it's the same day after day after day and then halfway through it's like oh if that's the case i haven't played it yet if that's the case i will definitely stand behind that then then the word remake really shouldn't be there i understand why it is there though uh but if we i guess the more classic definition would be like your the resident when they played it they were like hey this isn't a remake (laughs) because <laughs> they kind of sold it that way. 
Yeah. Because uh, okay. they get sales, obviously. But. but just for me, I just, for game of the year, I'm not going to be over here beating the drum of like Xbox needs a title in there. I just want it to stay true to the concept of like, I just don't want um, a con- for it to all of a sudden turn into remakes can get you game of the year and all these game developers and publishers are all of a sudden just grabbing titles that have already been done once and yeah. they start. I can see that more with Demon Souls, which is like pretty much like a one to one, just like you know the levels remade and everything, but a one to one remake from what I hear. And then going down the list, I'm uh, I want to hear why games like maybe. Sea of Thieves didn't make the ongoings list. Um, you know, it's just that's that, the, the, yeah, does that deserve? I, uh, I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's actually a really cool category. I really do feel developers and yeah. games should be recognized for the fact that they have been kept going for multiple years, and it is a tragic shame that Sea of Thieves was not put in that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're on there last year, or uh, I don't, I don't think oh, so, okay. but. I would want an explanation why a game was not on there. I mean, you could put maybe a couple games. Maybe there's so many ongoing games at this point in age where it's just it's saturating the market, and there could be so many of those. But who knows? I mean, I guess it's just the votes because I saw the game of the year votes, and Ori was right. at like two, and it, so it was like one off from being in there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you... I think of the same number. It had three votes, and I believe, um, yeah, I don't know how they picked it out. I think Doom maybe had three. I can't remember. It it matched something, but it didn't. It didn't get its full. uh, It didn't get in. in, One one indie quota. (laughs) And I'm sorry, they got to get rid of that best statement game. I mean, come on, really? I mean, you could do something else in terms of best story game. Just different things that you can do besides best statement game. I don't know what that's all about. I think it's just appealing to, uh, you know, I don't know. Oh, are you talking about the Games for Impact one? Right, Games for Impact. Yeah. They need to get, get rid of that. That's ridiculous. Well, they, there is, I mean, Tell Me Why is on there. That's obviously a Microsoft the Xbox Game Studios game, but otherwise, uh, I don't. I don't even recognize some. Well, a couple of these games, anyway. Spiritfarer, I do recognize it. Kentucky Route Zero, but I mean, it is kind of an obscure category, and I do understand what you're talking about, Jeremy. They could do a little more branching out, I suppose. Um, moving down the list here, though. Um, actually, you. You know what? I'll say for Game of the Year, as much as I absolutely loved Doom Eternal, I mean, I I played the crap out of that. I still am. I'm going through the DLC. Fantastic game. I could see, in my opinion, Animal Crossing could do it. I think they could pull it off. That game was selling like hotcakes, I remember, for like uh, the first couple of months it came out. In sales? Is it sales or or is it just uh, because it's a game i mean animal crossing is not yeah yeah exactly tim but animal crossing is not a great great experience like let's say last of us 2 i know they're different experiences but i'm in terms of game of the year something that just had a and you know i know animal crossing brought people together during a very tumultuous time and you know the co it happened right when covid hit 
and people were jumping on the Animal Crossing bandwagon and everybody from all shapes and sizes around the world were playing this game and yeah, I mean maybe it does deserve I just you know <laughs> maybe it does deserve to be on there, but uh I just think there were there were just more powerful games other than Animal Crossing on there. I think yeah, Animal Crossing definitely made it on there because of the pandemic. Definitely for sure. It kind of made it on there by default. But uh, the temperature of the water, at least from the crowds I hang out in, uh, see it as a toss-up between Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two. But they mm. think Ghost is going to get it because there's just too much controversy around The Last of Us Part Two mm-hmm. and its development process and just some other stuff. And that's where they really think Ghost of Tsushima, because they even said Ghost of Tsushima actually did better than PlayStation thought it would do. Yeah, and it just kind of came out of nowhere, and it's gotten a lot of um, attention from everybody in the industry. I mean, they did just release um, that multiplayer update to the game, if I'm not mistaken, and there's been a lot of positive impact from the fan base from that. And overall, it just you know a lot of people picked it up. You know, it's a new IP. People are like, well, not sure what to expect, but I've seen so many people just like obsessed and just loving this game overall whereas the last of us 2 has just been embroiled in such i want to say controversy in the way that they handled things go ahead tim see i agree i agree with what you guys are all saying i think it could be ghosts just for the fact that it probably should be maybe the last of us but it's just so much negativity even to this day about that game i mean i get People don't want to hear the political end of it. They, they want to get a getaway. And, you know, Druckmann with some really, um, you know, uh, you know, risky things, uh, you know, as far as, you know, his views and stuff like that, which I respect. I don't I don't have a problem with a, a creator doing that. But I just get the feeling that that lingers around and. Judging from what from what I remember, like you guys said, the the ghosts seem to just have a lot more positivity around it. Like a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, I love this game! I can't believe it." Whereas with Last of Us, everyone was just complaining about it, even though it had a better meta score and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've played both. Um, I'm almost finished with The Last of Us Two. Um, I've played parts of Ghost of Tsushima just because I want to finish The Last of Us 2, but I would say both are very, very good titles, especially the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of Ghost of Tsushima, very high on the action and and just the set pieces, and it's a great game, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't know why exactly yet, why it was so controversial, Last of Us 2, but... I guess I'll find out here in a second, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I think you're fine. I think it's there's a lot of uh, issues with how Neil Druckmann definitely conducted himself behind the scenes. Mm. There's also a sex scene there that's kind of you know, it, it, it got a lot of people upset. Put it that way. Yeah, but you know what? I look at it like this: games are a form of entertainment, right? So and so are movies, you know, and if nobody has an issue with movies now, I mean, but now with all of, all of a sudden they're going to start. No, it know. was the fact it, they were saying like he deliberately wrote in a sex scene just so he could actually have like a moment because they had to use st- like motion capture animation to create right. this scene. 
And so it was like there was some controversy saying that he deliberately created this scene just to have this this moment with this actress. Right. Okay, but look, that's a stupid. Someone bringing that up is stupid because an actress does not go into something not knowing what they're getting into. She has to agree upon it. You read right? the script, like right <laughs> the script. So why why would someone have a problem with it? This doesn't well, make I, sense. I, honestly, honestly, I, I, you have to play. You'll understand why people have a problem with it. No, I, I, I've, I've, I've heard of that part. I'm just saying in general, right? You have something just like in movies. Girls are in, in uh, you know, risque situations and some bad Halle situations. Halle Berry, Monsters Ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Won an Oscar. Right. But they get <laughs> paid. <laughs> they get paid uh, for perks like that, whether it's a good perk or a bad perk. You know, if it's some sex scene that is going to you know, cause people well, to uh, else, raise some eyebrows, then you know what? They're going to have a bonus on top of that. But at the end of the day, they agree upon it. They're not forced or put a gun to their head to agree something yeah, that's important. Um, and I, I also exactly. think it, it also went Bob beyond Skinamax. just that. It, it was also a, an accumulation of things like, look at how the game was released. We had a major leak that that could have possibly came from an employee at Naughty Dog. Um, because they were withholding, the, there was even saying they were withholding releasing the game this year. It was kind of like forced. Um, so um, definitely, there has been a lot. There has been more than one controversy around The Last of Us Two. Um, its release was a major can- controversy. There was a lot of controversy around the development and crunch. Uh, obviously, the crunch with this whole the actress and Neil Druckmann. Um, and then also there was a lot of people for some reason that just got up in arms over, I haven't played it yet, but I already know that certain main characters were killed and there was a lot of people that completely, uh, did not like the game because their character was killed. Yeah. Oh yeah oh, that was, that was a, yeah. Big, uh, a big bugaboo. A lot of people were upset with how they developed characters, who they left off, how they left off on certain you know, without going into spoilers and stuff, um, that was a big, big deal. Like a lot of people wanted, they wanted, put it this way, they wanted different decisions to be made. And um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, even though I might, you know, you know, think he's over the top sometimes, I do think uh, Druckmann's entitled to write his story and, and for them to have their story, even if it's not going to be what fans want they rather have a story that has more of a statement i get that and um i honestly don't feel like it should be docked for that reason for game of the year um i think if they didn't do those things it'd be a slam dunk for game of the year so for me i don't think that it should be uh you know it should be penalized for that and, and I think that should get strong consideration, but I feel that it is indeed going to get penalized. You know, and this was the whole. I mean, okay, in in Last of Us Part One, you had this big, uh, you know, early on. I mean, everybody's played it at this point, but I could say this: 
and the original Last of Us one. I haven't, but feel free to just okay. say whatever you want. Ditto. So the, do- <laughs> the daughter dies right off the bat, and that's powerful storytelling. You know, right then you're just engrossed into the into the whole story, into the whole narrative, and something happens in Last of Us two that does the same thing, if not more powerful. And for people to be upset about that, even though yeah, their character was established and whatnot. I understand why they did it, and it just creates a better experience. But at the end of the day, it's at least it's not Master Chief dying, right? <laughs> because if that shit happened, if people would, then there'd be some really big problems. Yeah, I only had an issue with there's That's just a, there's a character towards the end where it's just like, hmm. you are not making any sense. Now, I was yeah. okay with what you went with the, with the story. But there's something that happens towards the end. You're like, okay, so what character did you change with? Like, you're not the same person. <laughs> but you'll find out later down there. But the only mm-hmm. thing I had a problem with is Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing does just like, right? maybe not Smash, but Animal Crossing yeah. in no way deserves to be in Game of the right. Year. Um, it, they still didn't fix how everyone can completely cheat. And it's like I was playing it that first week. I bought it day one. Um <laughs> And I just see everybody else like, hey, how does this person have a whole city already? Oh, because they just cheat. So it almost didn't even want I almost didn't even want to like play it that much more. I kept playing it and I was like, I feel like I should be getting stuff. I still it took me forever to try to get like it's just cumbersome. Their whole menu system is kind of trash. Uh, when you get one island, to, one console. Tim Nook. Like it takes forever <laughs> to like I have to press through all these menus. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I want to play the game because I see all the fun you can have with it. But I'm like, there's parts of this game that are just, like, boring and just take you out of the game. It's like, I don't Uh even want to sit through this menu. Yeah, Shock. Didn't you get the console to the special edition? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because the colors mainly because they Mm -hmm. look sweet. But by no means should that be over, like, Ori. Not at all. Like, they, like, like, Centurion was saying, they basically just took, it's Animal Crossing. It, there isn't nothing mm-hmm. new. It's not even it's like in a there new by Pokemon default. game where they made new Pokemon. Right. Yeah. I, I, I had a big problem with it being in there. I was like, I said even yesterday, like if if a game like Animal Crossing is in there, why isn't a game like uh, Ori or even the new Gears game that came out? Because I just feel like at this point now you're just throwing games in there. Mm. Right. So that's why I said Ori does Ori Two deserves to be on there rather than rather than Animal Crossing and Doom. I mean, in my mm. opinion, but, I mean, shit. Well, yeah, I was going to say Smash from last year, but it at least had a lot more packed into it than any other Smash, so I, I love that one slot. Not to be a jerk, but I have never heard of Hades until I turned on the Game Awards and started looking at the nominees. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it, like, briefly in whispers. I've never seen anyone, like, post, like, screenshots of their gameplay of it. Never seen any of that. I've just heard, like, whispers of I've it. I've never heard and of I it. And I see it's... I haven't played it, so I can't say anything it's, about it. But it's a very it's popular, highly, highly rated. Mm-hmm. So, but you, but you I know guess that doesn't matter because Ghost of Tsushima wasn't highly, highly rated, but Ori was. But you but know, it's funny. At the, at the end of the day, I think Ori will be the only game at the Game Awards to win two awards, and it'd be you know the music and art mm-hmm. direction. I think I think that's going to happen. I think that's feasible, but. I th- I really do think it's going to be the only game to win two major cag- categories and not win Game of the Year. Yeah, or not even be nominated. Not even be nominated for Game of the Year. 
Well, think of the look at the categories, right? Ori's nominated again for best art direction, best music and score, as well as best action and adventure game. Now, you would think that you know at least two of those categories alone, like they're pretty strong categories to be in the art direction and the action adventure. You'd think that that would land it in the game of the year section just for those categories. So, uh, is Animal Crossing in any of those? Well, obviously oh. not action, but... <laughs> and that's what I'm no. saying. They need to. Whether it's their advisory board, they should have some say in the nominees they don't right now and do it in a non-biased way. They just, there's ways of doing it. Uh, who's who's the one thinking this stuff up, Jeff? I mean, we already know Jeff's bias, so I mean... Yeah, I don't you know think he's I mean? so, on the board that votes him in. Okay. Right. Now, going on to some other xbox games you got gears tactics and microsoft flight simulator they're up for best sim and strategy uh i think there's a good chance at least one of those wins the in that category personally i mean flight simulator i mean people were raving about that when that launched in august that was getting uh, i don't want to say near perfect scores but i mean it was getting uh 90s i remember it was pretty high up there guys yeah what did it end like 93 or something it was something like it. that. It was something like that. Yeah, it's like 92, 91 Metacritic. It's still very high, and hopefully it's supposed to come to Xbox, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why I, I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for... I mean, maybe you couldn't put it in the Game of the Year section, but at the same time, it was a very... I remember just people raving about that game when it came out. Um... What else do we got here? Minecraft Dungeons is up for best family game. Of course, it's packed uh, in a category with a lot of Nintendo exclusives, so that one might be a little tricky. Um, is Wasteland 3 in there for uh, strategy? Or? Uh, yes, it is. Wasteland 3 is nominated for uh, best RPG, which um, oh, okay. it should do well. It's in a category with, well, uh, Final Fantasy, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royale, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, I've only touched on Wasteland 3, maybe I've put in a couple hours into it, so I, I know how in-depth it is with its progression and character customization, but I'll admit I'm not as familiar with some of these other games, so, I mean, it could be a tough category for it to win, but it's still, I mean, that's still pretty good for uh, for them and uh, in Exile. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, I think Grounded was nominated for something. Oh, yeah, the Innovation and Accessibility category. So, I mean, they've been doing some stuff with there as far as, uh, you know, pushing the medium forward, from what I can tell. Um, very, yeah, there's a lot of big AAA games in there. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Last of Us 2, Watch Dog Legion. I don't know if it'll beat any of those out, but time will tell. Um, and what else, guys? I mean, either way, I mean, there's a lot of positive things coming out of here. I mean, even like somebody had said earlier, Doom Eternal being nominated in a whole bunch of these categories. I mean... It might not pick up Game of the Year, but, I mean, that's good for a, a, a recent pickup by Microsoft Studios or Xbox Game Studios. Yeah. So, either way... Now, do you guys think Do you guys think that Xbox uh, will possibly show some, uh, some gameplay of something? I mean, it could be initiative. They kept talking about we'll hear from them soon, so that they yeah. did that with Ninja Theory, so... Yeah. Possibly. It's possible. I mean, it would be a good time to show something. Uh, Halo, I th believe, 
sketch from three four three has already denied that you know they won't have anything Halo Infinite related for that, but maybe from maybe some Fable, his... maybe they actually have a little more. Wow, of a that'll be huge if they have some sort of gameplay in there with Fable. I mean, that one's Not been in development others... long enough. Yeah. You think they would have like at least some early stage of it. Yeah, I do think they need to tease something, though, or at least, you know, if not the initiative, like teasing at least like a cinematic trailer, at least show some kind of early gameplay from something that's already been announced. I mean, for example, Hellblade was announced or Hellblade 2 was announced, what, like a year ago? Same with what Project Mara. So it'd be nice to see something Mm -hmm. in development there. Um, And then it was announced that Halo Infinite on over on the Game Awards uh, Twitter account is nominated for the most anticipated game, so that's something. <laughs> well, that's going to be a most anticipated 2022, too. <laughs> well, I'll say this for you. If they miss, uh, like, if they miss the anniversary for Combat Evolved, man, that would suck. Yeah. That would really suck. They would miss a lot of it's, marketing uh, there. Yeah. I'm still saying Q1 of 2022. I think they'll hit it, especially if we can get, you know, the vaccine going and we can actually open up stuff and people can be, like, near each other, like, for most of the year next year, then that could change a lot, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but, yeah, guys, either way, I mean, these nominees, there's a lot of um, strong uh, games this year with, especially coming from Xbox, um and yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, when is the Game Awards actually? What's the day? Isn't it like the first week, uh, first weekend of uh, December, if I'm not mistaken? Or something like that. Yeah, it's something. like I that. I think it's on December 10th, if I'm not mistaken. It might be later. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That uh, that actually sounds quite right. So you know, we got you know two three weeks to wait for that. Wait, doesn't Cyberpunk come out like that same weekend? Well, I think so. it's yeah, it's supposed. Yeah, no to. one's watching it. <laughs> well it's supposed to anyways but i mean if you believe the uh recent leak that's been making the rounds i mean <laughs> cyberpunk i think that's i think that's fake mm-hmm. yeah i think that yeah. one is too it's possible like again, they just released a new trailer again like almost like reconfirming okay hey it's, it's almost out but mm-hmm. definitely well, anyways, fellas, we will move on to some other news. And recently, Xbox and LG announced that they formed a partnership for marketing OLED TVs in Europe, Africa, the Middle East, and the Asia-Pacific region. And the head of the TV product planning division for LG stated that we take the needs of gamers very seriously when developing our OLED TVs. So to be able to be an official partner to to the Xbox Series X is a partnership that is very meaningful to us. We are confident that the heightened visual quality from combining LG OLED TV and Xbox Series X will blow gamers away. No doubt. So a very curious partnership from the sounds of things guys now tim buddy what do you think of xbox nlg teaming up here uh what's the strategy because they've already done something with uh, samsung right well i think honestly the best television for your xbox series x is pretty much hands down uh, oled and lg 
uh, seems to have everything down as far as VRR, 4K 120. Uh, you know, they, they uh, with the all Xbox. The Dobly, all the Dobly yeah, stuff. Yeah, they have everything. And it's just, uh, it's just honestly, it's, if you want a premium TV to get the most out of your Xbox Series X, LG OLED is probably the best way to go. I've been saying this for how many years now? Um, I've been an OLED owner, and that's probably why you come to me with this subject. Since 2015, I've oh, I've owned five OLED, all LG OLED. I have a 1080p LG OLED. That's how long and how much of a fan I am of OLED. If you haven't gamed on one of these OLEDs, it is a different experience when you when you experience it for yourself and you have it is, it is just something to take away. So I think uh, it's just more of a premium thing here, the partnership. Yeah. And obviously, um, you know, maybe they could have the xCloud app. I mean, that's when, it, when you know, or they have Ultimate or Game Pass app built within your, you know, LG box or your LG television where, you know, next, let's say next generation of LG, LG 11 or LG CX, or CX1s, okay, the next, I'm talking about not this this model, uh, I think you can see yourself getting a, a controller with your television, and you'll have Ultimate to play, um, or Game Pass to play VX, Xbox Game Cloud, stuff like that, um, and, and, and uh, you know, applications I can see also happening, but I think first and foremost, for a premium aspect, and something that you can you know, be sure that you're getting the most out of your Xbox Series X because it supports many things that a lot of TVs don't do out there. And that's VRR, that's 124K, uh, you know, 48 gigabits of uh, bandwidth. Um, you know, there's certain things that you can do with LG, like the 444 Chroma when you set your put out the PC. There's so many things that you could do to, to get the full, you know, the full, uh, full experience from Xbox. And um, like I said, once you see it and you you really, you know, see what is in front of you, that's what it makes sense. And um, it's a good partnership going forward with Xbox. You know, Tim, you would agree. And when I got my my OLED a few years ago, um, I told you the, you know, basically what it is is whip out your cell phone or your iPad, and now imagine that blown up, and that's the quality of OLED uh, just transferred onto your screen. It looks that good. It is that eye popping. But as far as the the partnerships goes. Uh, it is a great thing, you know. It's just another another way to one up Sony and everything that they're doing to promote the Xbox brand. And I think Team Xbox is slowly but surely uh, positioning themselves to be a household name across the world, uh, not just in the U.S. but also, uh, you know, just around the world in general. If you can have the X Cloud or, or you know, whenever that comes out fully. Um, into the TV on the to the TV screens on the applications when those boxes ship I just think you know at that point um, you know Xbox is going to be you know the 
synonymous with gaming the same way, you know, when you think of burgers, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? When you think of uh, coffee, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Starbucks. So when now when you think of gaming, uh, you think of Xbox. And I know, I know we do as fans, we think that already. But at, the whole world is not, they don't think that. You know, they think something else. So I think what Phil's, you know, is Phil's vision uh, to get into these homes, to get into a billion or whatever, how many homes he wants to get into. Uh, when you have that and the brand recognition, when you have partnerships like this, um, again, I just think they're in a better spot positioning themselves and Sony is um, at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy, too, because in order to reach, again, a couple of years ago, Phil was talking about reaching you know, over a billion gamers, and you can't just do that with Xbox alone. You have to do that with xCloud and Game Pass. And if you start making all these partnerships, again, with Samsung, with LG, and you put in Game Pass or xCloud into these TVs, just automatically there, you have it uh, you know, in the list of apps on yeah. the screen. I mean, that's a good yeah. incentive. So now, so, so now imagine when you go buy an LG TV or a Samsung TV, you get, you know, three months of Game Pass that's already built into, the, you know, a code or a box or whatever into that. Or you pick up a TV and an Xbox controller is inside the TV, you know, inside the TV box. So that's powerful. Those are powerful things. Um, I think now, I think eventually you're going to see TVs and I think they probably have this functionality they're ready that are compatible with the mouse and the keyboard. Um, but I think you're going to see that as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's interesting, all this TV talk too, because I've been looking at upgrading my TV and I've been looking at OLEDs. I've been looking at a lot of QLEDs as well from Samsung and I got him, and I love the picture quality coming out of both uh, both companies. And um, the thing is, though, with the Samsungs, is there's not a lot of options as far as the HDMI 2.1s and the advantages there. Whereas with the LG OLEDs, there's all these. They've already got TVs where they got four ports with HDMI 2.1. So that's huge. Um, what? Going forward. What's the advantage of having the 2.1? And which TVs have the 2.1? Well, like the nano cells, for example. Um, and the C line, the CX. If you want to do like 4K mm -hmm. 120, you're going to need a t HDMI 2.1. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just the, like the, how much data can go through it. Yeah. Right. Awesome. It gives you up. 48 gigabits of uh, of data. Yeah, it's basically double the uh, normal amount of uh, a regular HDMI. So in order to play 8K content and, right. uh, you know, okay, I got it. Thank 8K you. 8K 30 or 4K 120. Thank you. Yeah. So either way, I mean, it's just interesting, like, again, like, you see all the, the, these partnerships unfold. Uh, um, they must have more lined up, again, for whatever uh, plan they have going forward. But, I mean, again, everybody's looking to upgrade their TVs right now with next-gen, right? And if you got, 
Xbox, like, again, xCloud in there. That's a huge win for Xbox going forward to be able to play all those games. It's just... And if you're a developer and you're looking at getting your game into Game Pass, and that's huge to be able to be on all these platforms, not just stuck on a console or even the PC. You're literally going to be on all kinds of big screens across the world. That's a huge, huge advantage. So... That's how you compete with Sony's worldwide appeal is you put your brand in everything. Kind of like how Netflix is in everything. You can put your Game Pass here soon with like xCloud and like all of the major TV brands. So even if maybe you only have so many console gamers on that bought, you know, actual Xbox Series X consoles. Well, so many people have that TV. Well, let me just check out this Game Pass app, you know, just like any of the other apps you can download. And, hey, there's a free trial on there. Oh, wow, I'm playing all these games, and it's this easy. You know, that could be really big for them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Eric, as well, because, again, they are really leveraging uh, their big brand status and just they're, they are just making friends with everybody right now. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see within the next year what else Game Pass and xCloud end up well, on. Let's also talk about how these partnerships are also going to push the technology forward on these televisions because now, for the first time ever, I want to say it's absolutely relevant that a television does 120 frames a second and now we're going to start seeing um, more television companies actually pushing out televisions that are actually geared towards gaming. No? Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what I was looking at to better my gaming situation. I know a lot of other uh, a lot of other people have been doing that recently as well. So I think there's there's going to be a special influence. I mean, not that there wasn't before. There's always been, well, not always, but I mean, in recent years, there's been game modes on TVs, and I just think there's going to be well, a lot more. I just, now that game uh, xCloud is coming out, there's going to be more TV companies. If this if this xCloud app thing becomes a thing, there will be more TV companies that will want to get this app on their televisions, and that means these televisions are going to have to be obviously you know, to kind of compete by basically, you know, at least be worth it to play these games on them. So we're actually going to see some probably budget-friendly televisions. Uh, It's going to become more competitive. Yeah, I mean, listen, right now, I think with LG, you have especially the Nano and the the CX and even the C9 series, you have the ability to get VRR, a lot of TVs don't, uh, you know, uh, have that. Uh, also, auto latency uh, mode, where it tells your TV to automatically go into game mode. A lot of times, people don't know that they're playing in a different mode and they're inducing lag. They're on dynamic, or whatever. Um, again, yeah, I agree with the X Clouds part of it, but I just think right now this is more a match of, like, if you want premium to match premium. This is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just like TVs, the manufacturers, it's a consoles that are manufacturers, and um, some TVs are better than others. And I think just for a gaming standpoint, really, I mean, you can even hook up a PC to this, uh, you know, and a keyboard and all that stuff. People have done that. 
Um, this is the, you know, this is the, I would say the pinnacle of TVs right now. Um, you know, you look on Artings and that's a, a rating. I, I, anybody who's into TVs, uh, I would, uh, I always direct them into this website, www.artings.com. It rates all the TVs. It tells you all the things, what they're capable of, um, I'm a big TV guy. I follow this stuff. I follow CES. Um, and right now... Yeah, how, I, Tim, I, how I spot on is that review uh, site? What'd you say? How spot on is that review site? It's the best. It's the best. Go to it. And just, just You can put your model TV and you, you'll see. And, and it, it just gives a very big overview. It, it rates for video gaming. What like is it if, called again? Artings.com, R-T-I-N-G-S.com. You could go and you could rate your, like, like the Sony television. It's an OLED. It's a fantastic piece of tech. Better, if you want to watch movies, they're saying it's better to watch movies on that than the LG. But when it comes to video gaming and everything that regards to, to gaming and, and what these technical advantages like VRR, LLL, and, and, you know, certain things taking advantage of 4K120. The LG OLED is the way to go. LG series. Samsung's also very good. It, 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 it has 2.1s, but I just find that the, the clarity and the crispness of the OLED is really, it's, it's, it's once, you, once you really experience it, you don't want to go back. And that's many people that I've said, uh, you know, uh, you know, that I've said this to. They get it, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Is someone getting hibachi? Oh no! <laughs> that was my oh, yeah, that site's pretty neat. That's what sold me on my uh, TCL because it compared so well with some of the uh, Sony 900E and some of the other big name brands. Yeah, Tim, in a couple of months, I'm going to have to hit you up for uh, some advice on uh, TVs, but I'll definitely hit up uh, artings.com. I've uh, watched a few of their YouTube videos on TVs, but uh, all right, fellas, we'll head straight in. What was that? Sorry, you're cutting out, bud. Marco. Hello. Marco. <laughs> well, I can say one thing just uh, while well, well, he gets his mic fixed. I know that Megatron. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, we got you. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Tim. I don't know what you were saying, but I know Megatron, and I'll give it to you, Shock. Uh, I know Megatron, he's not here today, but uh, he has the LG 999 Nano, and that is an 8K 60, I believe, television. It goes down to 4K. 120, but um, yeah, he's really impressed with that. He spends a lot of money on it. That's also a double take mm -hmm, Definitely. Uh, continue what you were going to say, Shockley? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that, that site's really good because you can compare like the one you're looking at and it'll compare mm -hmm. like their black levels, gray levels. So it's a really good uh, one to narrow down what you want. So. All right. I love watching their burn-in tests. <laughs> yeah. Watching what, watching, watching what they do to those televisions. You're like, oh my god, that poor television. Definitely, all those uh, 
burning and stress tests, definitely. <clears throat> All right, fellas, we will head straight into our next topic, and we're getting some more trickles of information regarding how Microsoft seems to want to handle the uh, ZeniMax and Bethesda games going forward. Now, speaking at the Jefferies Interactive Entertainment Conference last week, Xbox Chief Financial Officer Tim Stewart talked about how they want to handle things, or alluded to some things in a lot of ways. And he stated that, and I'm I'm just going to read off a whole bunch of quotes, guys, just bear with me here. And he stated that, What we'll do in the long run is we don't have intentions of just pulling all the Bethesda content out of Sony or Nintendo or otherwise. He then went on to state... But what we want is we want that content in the long in the long run to be either first or better or best or pick your differentiated experience on our platforms. We will want Bethesda content to show up the best as on our platforms. He then later went on further to state that, yes, that's not a point about being exclusive. That's not a point ab- about we're being uh, adjusting timing or content or roadmap. But if you think about something like Game Pass, if it shows up best in Game Pass, that's what we want to see. And we want to drive our Game Pass subscriber base through Bethesda, uh, that Bethesda pipeline. So, I mean, overall, there's some very interesting comments and quotes from Tim Stewart, a uh, very key figure at Xbox. Now, Centurion, obviously, I just read a couple of quotes here. Uh, Centurion, my friend, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what should we make of Stewart's comments regarding Bethesda? Because, again, we've had uh, Phil Spencer talk about a few things, and then there's been a few other key figures here at Xbox talking about how, kind of alluding to how they're going to uh, deal with uh, the Bethesda and ZeniMax games, but they're not really committing to anything right now. How do you take his comments? Well, I can kind of see why they're not committing to anything, uh, because um, let's be honest, a purchase like this, um, has anybody ever seen a purchase like this take place in gaming that you can remember? Nope. Uh, So we're kind of like treading in the new territory. Um, You don't just spend $7.5 billion and just be like, um, leave it be. You know, we want to make sure that our product is the same on all platforms, even the platform that we own. And I could totally see why they would want to, um, like Phil Spencer says, approach it by a case-by-case basis. If we're talking about a game that is going to, shall I say, sell gang bunk, uh, gangbusters, we're going to talk like uh, Star... Um, uh, what's the new one that uh, that they've come out with? Like Starfield. Starfield. Yeah, Starfield. Starfield. Star- There's so many Star games, I don't want to say the wrong one. Uh, Starfield, um, we're also going to have Elder Scrolls Six. We're going to have um, another Fallout game. Um, there's some titles in this whole thing that could really sell some consoles and I could really see them kind of holding maybe those games back a little bit. Um, but when it comes to other titles, we are going to see them appear on other platforms, but like the guy says, they are always going to either appear first, probably as a timed exclusive, um, or they're, um, uh, but no matter what, they're always going to play better. Microsoft, as we all like right now, like uh, they have a deal with LG. Microsoft cares a lot about what their games look like and play like. And definitely uh, they're going to put a lot of emphasis into their own ecosystem because they want people to be in their ecosystem. Um, So 
I just I feel bad for some people that really hope that these games are just going to stay as is. You know, like they're going to come like like the Elder Scrolls players. The Elder Scrolls games are a very very large set of games, and so that is going to be an interesting bridge to come to. How are they going to somehow get those players to want to still play? Um, but if it doesn't appear on the, I guess the platform of their choice, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the days of 10 million games sold are gone. You know, I think now what you're going to see is just people flooding to uh, game pass, uh, especially when these games drop like Starfield, the Elder Scrolls, because you know, it, it is going to be day one first on Xbox uh, or the Xbox platform brand. Um, we'll see. I mean, but at the, at the end of the day, I just think it's a win-win for Xbox regardless. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I love the comments from Jim Ryan, because if anybody is as in the dark as we are, it is the guy running PlayStation. And he's just like, well, uh, I'm interested in knowing what, the, what's going to happen too, because, uh, he doesn't even know what's going to happen going forward on his own platform because, like we just said in the beginning of this conversation, a purchase like this has never taken place before, and this purchase is definitely going to be felt for a very long time to come. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It was I, think, I think he told you right there in that statement what's going to happen. They want it to be best on Game Pass. If Game Pass is not on that platform... That game's not going there because they can't sell it as being best in Game Pass if it's just on PlayStation Store. Now, right. if Game Pass is on PlayStation, then yeah, that's why he's not saying, hey, it's going to be exclusive. Because, hey, if they're willing to put Game Pass on there in the way we envision it, then sure, have at it. We can still drive it through our Game Pass subscription. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, you know, he said, the CFO said he wants better, first, better, or best on the xbox but then you have people like you know that created the dirt five rumor that the xbox you know it wasn't fake it ended up being fake right as far as the dirt five uh textures in you know the xbox game as opposed to playstation i think they said it was fake correct i thought he was playing you know, they have like to, he the had one the with game the set up wrong or you know the the uh which one the lights inside the car were the texture was just crap. Yeah, he had basically he it had something to do with a hundred and hundred and twenty frames a second. Basically, he thought he was recording in hundred and twenty frames right. a second. He wasn't right. So situations like that where the perception just spreads like wildfire on the fucking you know just on social media. It's just it's just insane. These people need to get a hold of themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty big mess up by them. Like, hey, you didn't catch yeah. this. That hey, there's this bug that when you play 120, you know, FPS on Series X, hey, there's no grass. Hey, there's no the headlamps look like uh, screws or uh, head nuts. <laughs> like, I don't understand now. Now this is the same company. Now I played Dirt Rally 2.0, which I think is a great game. But, you know, they are also the one, same ones that made the PS4 Pro version run ex exactly as the PS4 Slim version when it has, <laughs> you know, a lot more power. So, you know, I don't know what's going on there. But I, 
we'll see about the performance, but I don't know how you just completely miss the grass or miss like how does that happen? Mm-hmm, right. Did we go from counting it, grass you to now we're, now we're missing grass? Yeah. <laughs> Digital missing. Foundry found it in like what a weekend, and but it's missing. You didn't go through your Q and A. No one found that missing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big uh, slip up there. But uh, hopefully they patch that up. You're gonna, so. see, you're gonna see this throughout the whole this generation. Just people pushing a narrative or making mistakes like this, or it's just gonna be crazy. Um, I went down. I forget what show I said this in. But I said with this big push for ray tracing and the stuff that comes with it is going to inherently create new and more entertaining bugs uh, that we've never seen before in console gaming. Because, you know, every time you add something, you just add another thing that can go wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard horror stories with ray tracing when it gets put on and the things it does on the cpu i I don't know i just i've heard different things about it Mm -hmm. right right now as far as bethesda goes like considering the amount of money that microsoft spent on the whole zenimax deal obviously things are still going through it's going to take months to uh finalize everything so they can't really say a whole heck of a lot yet and there's only this trickle of information that we're getting but just i can't imagine them spending all this money and just having it available on all platforms like they have to they have to lock some of these games as again microsoft like game pass exclusives so i mean it's good that they're comforting users on other platforms about not pulling content i mean you know obviously that's that's good that's a very good thing but uh, i just i can't see games like they i mean they could theoretically put other titles that have technically already been announced on other platforms but I mean, as far as let's say a Fallout Five goes, I mean, I could totally see that as Xbox like platform exclusive. But that's just me. Uh, what do you guys think in the chat? By the way, uh, do you think that uh, we're gonna see all that all the Bethesda games locked behind Xbox, or do you think that hey, you might see Game Pass uh, line up on PlayStation Five? Or a Nintendo Switch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be interesting. But uh, still, guys, just very interesting comments. Obviously, we're going to find out more uh, as the months go by. So we'll see for now. All right. Uh, let's see. We're going to move on here, fellas. And what's next? What do we got next? Now... Recently, a number of Xbox third-party exclusive or heavily Xbox-marketed titles have been delayed. And the biggest name being Crossfire X. And developer Smilegate stated that because of the challenges faced from, you know, COVID, the Wu flu, the game would be delayed to sometime in 2021. Now, we were expecting to see it come out, well, well, kind of around now, actually, but things went quiet. Now, Shockley, buddy, what are your thoughts on this delay? Because this is a title that was, well, very heavily promoted by by Xbox for like the past year or two. 
Yeah, I was shocked to hear that it was delayed because uh, I didn't even know it was supposed to be dropping this year. <laughs> so it was like delayed. What date? Because there was never there was like a window. They were kind of hoping for like the holiday or December. There was no like, hey, it's coming out, you know, December 9th. Oh, nope, it's going to be January, at least from what I ever heard. But um, I mean, I don't see why not, because now that Cyberpunk got delayed and delayed into probably the window they were looking for, you know, they probably wanted to get out of that because, you know, there's not going to be probably a lot drop in early February, January. Did they give a date on like a new date? No, I guess they never gave no, a date, it's just but kind of vague. just kind of vague. But yeah, point. I mean, if it came out like early February, like spring, like when there's not much going on versus like cyberpunk dropping when they were maybe planning, they can put some more polish. I mean, I, I totally forgot it was supposed to even drop this year. So and I think probably a lot more people didn't know since they never said a date. So not a huge miss, but. That lines up next year probably be potentially pretty good for Microsoft if Halo does come out. If this new game from Remedy, who's mm-hmm. doing the single player, which looked pretty good, that was probably my one of my uh, top games from their summer show. Um, so they have those two, possibly, definitely going to be something from Bethesda. They're a giant publisher. They definitely have some games in their window that were supposed to come out in 2021 so whether that's starfield um and then potentially you know some of the other games that microsoft's been working on for a while whether that's i don't know fable i'm sure one of these studios they have probably has something that they, they can release so they might have a decent year so we'll see mm-hmm. i i just think when you look to the future and you look uh you know one or two years down the line I think Xbox has positioned themselves just to be really, you'll never see a games lineup in the history of gaming from a company like this. They're going to get to a point where every single month they're just going to have a major, major release, maybe even two major releases just from all these games. It's just going to, maybe, okay, maybe one because they don't want to overshadow their their own their own, their own uh, products but um i just think they're putting themselves in a position where it's just going to be insane content every single month and it's going to go on like that for just every, every single year it's going to get to that point um i don't know about you guys but i'm look, looking forward to the future for sure mm-hmm. oh definitely and the thing is too because of these game delays um Oh, I don't think it necessarily hurts Xbox's game schedule per se. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, all things considered, the medium was already delayed until I believe late January. Mm. We don't have too long to wait for that. Yeah, yeah. but at some the same time, some of these got delayed because of COVID mm-hmm. and yeah. and the the uh, you know the things that they were up against. I mean, obviously, you see these digital foundry things and. Um, I have asked internally and basically, you know, they, you know, the people don't want to hear excuses, but you know, the fact is, is that, you know, they were made with very short time during a time when, uh, people are working from home. There's not as much quality control and, um, simply put, they had more time with the PlayStation versions, but, um, 
overall, you just look at all the games that have uh, delayed from Deathloop to Medium to even Cyberpunk. So many games, and I am hearing Cyberpunk it might get delayed again. Uh, it's a rumor, but um, there's been so many of these situations where, um, you know, people are just not ready. They try to hit the deadline, and, uh, you know, considering everything that happened, I think it's pretty commendable how these developers put out the games. Um, and hopefully when this all gets, you know, back on track, as far as like uh, you know, no restrictions, and you know, you could do mocap, and you could do all this stuff, and you could do it easily, and 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 as as fast as they were doing it previously, I think that you're going to have a little bit of a lull time, and I think the launch was one of those indicators of of where they were and how they had to fight through uh, some of the optimizations and some of the things. Like he, uh, the guy from even from Dirt said that. It was a bug, and Jeremy, like Jeremy said, that everyone was going like that was an indicator of power. It was a freaking bug. And the developer even said it. It's like it wasn't because of power or anything with right. the system. It was because the developer simply had a bug that he was they were fixing. So people are going and taking things and running with it. But I just like to say, just considering everything, I'm very impressed how even Microsoft and PlayStation got their systems out. Yes. It's impossible to get these systems right now, um, but I think that's better than not getting the systems. And um, 2020 was a rough year, and I think it was it was good that they they actually met their goals and should be commended. But you yeah. also have to realize that there is a little bit of uh, growing pains with this. Yeah, and I do see the growing pain. I, I wish that Xbox was in a better position in terms of. Uh, you know, maybe a roadmap with these X and S optimized games. You know, how many are we going to get every month? Uh, you know, just certain things like that. I think they could do a better job with it. I still want to see the full potential of my system. I know it's not happening anytime soon, but at the same time, I really feel like, like you know, some of these games, these older titles could get optimized uh, whether it's free or whether it's, you know, another $10 fee. or I'm just saying out in general, they need to do a better job giving people reasons to own the system just as, you know, rather than just having remakes and, and your back catalog uh, to look forward to. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Now, there's also uh, been a few other prominent indie game titles that, again, were marketed with Xbox. Uh, they've been delayed. The Artful Escape, uh, I don't know if you guys remember that game. It's that uh, really colorful music-based music, music uh, based indie. Um, I, mean, I think it was showcased a couple of years ago, but they've... Uh, They've taken a, a lot of time developing that game. Uh, that's been delayed 12 minutes. Uh, that's a game with... It's very narrative-focused. It has a, a pretty good voice cast behind it. I know Dizzy, Daisy Ridley's in it. Along with the game Last Stop, they've been delayed by Annapurna Interactive. I mean... Again, you put that beside the other more high-profile Xbox titles. I mean, that kind of blows. But at the same time, I, again, I would rather these games uh, come out 
you know, it's quality over, you know, just <laughs> over uh, coming out on time. So I will definitely, I don't mind that at all. I mean, really, Xbox is looking to have a pretty awesome year <laughs> from all these delays, uh, believe it or not. But still, uh, just uh, worth mentioning anyways. Because um, I know that there are a lot of people who are into the indie game scene uh, that uh, watch this show. But either way, guys, again, I don't mind that games get delayed. Like, I would rather them work out the kinks than, again, have issues at launch. We've already seen some some issues, as a few people have been stating, with dirt and so on. So hopefully they hammer those out and get the time needed uh, to cook up these titles. Now, we will move on to what will be, well, our last topic of the evening. And we've had a big, big leak drop from a big company uh, the past week. Now, recently, there was a massive data breach over at Capcom. Uh, the leak, if it's true, and I, I think there is a lot of it that seems to be true, reveals that Capcom's development schedule, it reveals it for the next four years. And while I try to temper my expectations when it comes to these things, uh, there's been a few outlets like IGN that have already come out and, well, verified portions of uh, these um, different uh, portions of the schedule for Capcom. And a few of the big names include Resident Evil Outbreak, which I presume is a remake for 2021, Dragon's, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dragon's uh, Dogma 2, Street Fighter 6, a Resident Evil 4 remake, Monster Hunter 6, and remakes for Power Stone and Final Fight. So, uh, I mean, again, guys, obviously some of these titles are going to be way off, depending on, again, where they lie in this schedule. But I'm curious what everyone's thoughts are of this. Uh, I'm just going to keep this open to the panel. Uh, what do you guys uh, think? What games stick out to you here? Well, I mean, the obvious ones, we all know Street Fighter VI was coming at some point. <laughs> so that's no uh, that's no um, secret. The Resident Evil 4 remake is a little surprising, for sure. Um, I just think with the updated, um, you know, just the graphics and just the, the tech in general, that will be an amazing experience, no doubt, because... Arguably, Part 4 is considered the best Resident Evil out of all of them. Um, because of the success of uh, Monster Hunter 5, that was no secret because Monster Hunter 5 was uh, a surprising hit for um, for Capcom, even though that, that game has been uh, hugely popular, especially in Japan uh, and around the world. But in the states it didn't really catch on until monster hunter 5 uh they did make it ex a little ex uh, accessible uh, but at the same time there's a steep learning curve to it um as for the final fight final fight remake that series wasn't too too popular um and uh i don't see it being a major release i see it more of like an indie title smaller project for Capcom, um, so you know, as far as Resident Evil Outbreak, I believe that was the, um, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, the PSP version of the game. I'm not sure. Um, I forgot, but um, Dragon Dogma, uh, Dragon's Dogma is my sleeper 
was my sleeper game of the year when that game initially released. The only thing missing from that particular title was the online uh, aspect of, of the game. Uh, it did have some sort of online functionality to it, meaning that you could pull over uh, people's characters and you can essentially have them as teammates. It's computer control, but with the same uh, stats as your, you know, whatever you pulled over. Uh, they're called pawns in that game, but that game was mm-hmm. excellent. I don't know if you guys have ever played Dragon's Dogma Part 1, but that game is amazing. It reminds me of the Fantasy Star series uh, back on the Sega Dreamcast. Um, but yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Uh, this sh- shows, I think this list proves that Capcom is in a very good um, situation with the money they made last year and the year before that. Uh, they were in some tr- trouble. You know, there was no, it was no secret that Capcom was in trouble for a long time. And they had a successful few years with the release of Monster Hunter, uh, with the release of the, the Resident Evil remakes. And I think that money has invigorated Capcom um, again to just be a powerhouse in this industry. Uh, not that, that it wasn't before, but they were in trouble. You know, it was more of a, of a niche um Niche title company. Go ahead. Go ahead. I remember screaming at me about Monster Hunter. You're like, Xbox is not getting Monster Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. But um, one of the things, not to interrupt, but keep keep going. Uh, You were a big proponent of Monster Hunter, and it's good to see how big it is. And it's good to see that I saw on that list Monster Monster Hunter 6. Um, And I'll give credit to you, Jeremy. You always said that game was. It was huge on the Xbox, and when it came on the Xbox, it was really a surprise. I don't think even Xbox knew uh, how huge it was going to be because it is a huge game. I think they have, uh, I forgot how many, maybe it's 14 million players now, but um, at the top of my head, I don't remember, but... I like to see titles like Power Stone make a comeback because imagine now with this on, with its multiplayer and online infrastructure, what Power Stone could be. Uh, again, I consider uh, Power Stone. Yeah, people consider Power Stone a fighting game, but to me, it was the very first arena fighter or arena combat simulator, uh, however you want to name it. Power Stone did it first, in my opinion. And they did it right. It was fast. Um, it was fluid. It was a great game. Um, and it, it was simple. It was simplified, meaning a, a kid, six to nine-year-olds can play it like they do with Fortnite. Um, and an adult can master the game quickly. I think just nowadays, a remake would be extremely popular in today's market. Uh, but let's see what happens. Mm-hmm, definitely. And just to correct you, Jeremy, you were saying the PSP for Outbreak. It was actually the PlayStation 2. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. I knew it was around that same the same era. Right. So, but yeah. uh, interesting, too, uh, Street Fighter VI, it's going to be, uh, according to what I've read, it's going to be on Xbox platforms. So, I mean, that's a good sign as well. I mean, we really did miss Street Fighter V uh, this past gen, so... Uh, it's good getting that back. Um, you know, I mean, always good to have a big fighter back. Um, it was kind of weird 
uh, you know, Street Fighter 4 was on Xbox platforms. Uh, you have a whole bunch of the arcade games. But uh, having missing out on Street Fighter 5 on Xbox platforms was kind of weird. So, I mean, I know Sony had the deal. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's kind of what Downer was saying. They were kind of in a bad spot. And Sony funded it. So, that was early on when yeah. Xbox was funding Dead, uh, Dead Rising 3. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. But Dra- Dragon Dog, Dragon's Dogma has the potential to be uh, Capcom's next Monster Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is considered a, a successful franchise for Capcom, even before uh, Part Five. Um, but I think it, if done right with the multiplayer component, uh, online aspect of the game, Dragon's Dogma could definitely be a sleeper title for sure. Yeah, I've heard a lot about Dragon's Dogma. It definitely has an ardent fan base, uh, to say the least. Um, I'm kind of wanting to check it out myself. I've it looks cool. It's you would spend hundreds of hours on that game, knowing you, Centurion. It's extremely deep. Uh, with when you buy the that version, the remake version uh, on the Xbox One, you actually get the DLC that's included. Um, and it, the game has a lot of history, a lot of lore to it. Just, it's a great game, and I suggest anybody who loves action RPGs, whether it's, uh, you know, just Final Fantasy, the the new remake, whether it's uh, Monster Hunter, whether and just pick up Dragon, the original Dragon's Dogma. Uh, you could play that game literally for a hundred hours and not get bored of it. It's that good. Well, I guess I'm sold. <laughs> no, I did, I've been kind of listening to all this. I don't really know all these Capcom games as good as you do. Like uh, Monster Hunter, I was just recently exposed to when it came out uh, a while back. Um, I had fun playing a little bit of that. Um, it's kind of funny, though. Didn't Was it you guys I told that I was reading articles, um, kind of like in uh, at least on PC on the PC side of things? about how uh, Capcom had been ransomwared, and now all Mm -hmm. of a sudden we're starting to see this start popping up. Yeah, yeah. Um, So. So, yeah, like, this this leak goes hand-in-hand with what Capcom was kind of hinting at about a year or so ago, about how they were going to be bringing back uh, some classic titles of their, you know, some of their classic IP. So when I see titles like Power Stone and Final Fight kind of uh, pop up here as remakes, or even, again, another one or two Resident Evil games, I mean, to me, that goes with what they've been hinting at the entire time. So I, I'll, I'll believe this list for now. Like, it does seem very uh, plausible at this moment. And running down this list, I mean, it would just, it, like you guys were saying, I mean, this is Capcom seeing a bit of a resurgence, too. So I could totally see them uh, doing something with this. I mean, is it all the games that they have in development? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I this is just what we know of. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's a good list. And I'm happy to see Street Fighter VI uh, come back to Xbox, Xbox platforms. Because it has, it, again, it's just been weird not having it for Xbox's past gen. But either way, guys, I mean... 
it's a good list, and there's a lot coming down the pipeline that we should look forward to. And judging by the look in the chat, a lot of people are excited about Power Stone. I see, oh, who the heck was it? Pong Soul. Yeah, Pong Soul. Very, very looking forward to Power Stone remake. So I'm glad to see that, brother. I'm glad somebody's excited. Um, but okay, fellas, I think on that note, we're going to start winding down tonight's show. And, you know, we had a really good talk tonight regarding, uh, the video game awards, Xbox and LG, their partnership there. Uh, some more of the Bethesda comments making arounds. And of course, all kinds of other stuff like the uh, Capcom leaks. And as always, guys, a huge shout out to all the awesome people that joined us in the audience this evening. We really appreciate you guys tuning in every Sunday night. Uh, Other Zinc, Fun Speculation, The Geeky Nerd, Pong Soul, Infinite, and so many more of you. Uh, if you guys haven't done so already, share this sucker out over social media and drop us a like. That would be really awesome and appreciated. Okay, gentlemen, let's move on to some of the outros and... I'm going to start with Tom Nook's favorite customer, Centurion Buddy. Where can everybody, uh, all of our listeners, follow you at? How did I become Tom Nook's favorite customer? I'm not the one with the special edition Switch. (laughs) You were talking talking Tom Nook like you knew exactly who he was and what kind of shyster was he? Well, um, you know, I guess... um, I guess, I guess this guy's what, some shady kind of dealer that runs a neighborhood? I guess it sounds like the kind of person that I've been assur- I don't know, man. I've never played an Animal Crossing game in my life. Oh, my. We, me and my wife sat down and looked at that game, watched some reviews on it, and really thought about it, and we both decided that is not our cup of tea. Oh, come on, buddy. You know you want some of that nookie cookie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Moving bro. on. <laughs> For those who are interested in wanting to find uh, find me and my content, you can find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You can also find me right here driving these fine gentlemen nuts every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. And you can also find me every Saturday night on the shop podcast. Damn right. Damn right, Centurion. All right, going through the list here. Tim Dog, buddy, always appreciate your insight into all things Xbox and so much more. Uh, where can everybody follow you at? Follow me on Twitter, um, XCloud Tim Dog. I'm also here every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll also do RDX on Tuesday, which is uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I wanted to say this, and we were talking about the games I played last night or two nights ago, Sea of Thieves. And when I tell you that game on the Series X is really, really good, uh, you notice the 60 frames per second. Um, It's kind of, I I wouldn't say a different experience, but it's something where you felt chuggy before, and now you feel, uh, you know, smooth and fast. And uh, I had such a good, good game game experience. I uh, basically went to Sloop by myself, and I met somebody, and then he became the captain of my ship. Then we met another uh, four people that I thought were going to kill us. And in game chat, I was asking the guy if he was going to kill me, and he said, no, but I need you to kill me because we have, we have to get killed to fulfill this... Uh, 
this thing that they did. I guess they were on a mission where they had to be killed. So I had to kill him. It was a, a, a bunch of laughs uh, because I really <laughs> yeah. I just honestly, the the, the the stories that game creates, uh, it really it's it's borderline special at this point. And I'm hearing in 2021 because uh, this got my um, it got my uh, curiosity up. I'm hearing that 2021 is going to be a huge year for Sea of Thieves. So Sea of Thieves fans, uh, you're going to have a lot to look forward to. Um, and maybe me and Jeremy, we should we should go play one game. I mean, like I said, I, I played it with these guys, and we were fighting uh, a skeleton ship, and then a megalodon came. It was like, I honestly, I had such a crazy experience. I played for about four hours, made four friends. And um, I think still think that Xbox, it's just crazy that they have such a gem there in that game, Sea of Thieves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we really need to uh, get a ship going sometime soon, guys. Uh, you know, I, I haven't checked out any of the new content that's been dropped in the past couple of months, so uh, we got to uh, get the sales going one of these nights. Uh, whenever you got some free time, um, Tim just getting me excited. Yeah, it's just one of those uh, gems. I think it's their best IP Dude, this gen. My uh, my party chat is always open for some Sea of Thieves. Yar, me matey centurion. We shall do that. Uh, some you guys want to start playing it, or we can start getting back into? It. I think now it has. I don't want to see enough content in it, but I think it has. Uh, well, okay, enough content in it to not to keep me interested uh, and to playing for playing long hours. But let's let's give it a shot. All right, all right. We'll uh, we'll set a date then sometime soon. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about behind the scenes. But uh, moving down the list, uh, Mister Send the Date, Jeremy. Uh, good show tonight, brother. Uh, where can everybody, all of our audience, follow you at? Uh, hit me up on Xbox. Uh, it's going to be Downer Space J. Uh, you can find me there playing. Uh, if you want to chat, just hit me up. Or let's play some games. Peace. All right, short and sweet. Very good, very good. And uh, finally, Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh, really great commentary tonight. Uh, good stuff. And uh, where can everybody find you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live, especially if you're trying to uh, run some raids, strikes, whatever, level up in Destiny 2. Definitely going to be on that for the next probably few weeks, trying to enjoy that new content. But, yep, yeah, thanks for stopping by. All right, brother. Good stuff. And, uh, all right, to seal this off, I'm Invader, and you guys can find my content over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. As well, I'm active on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Fantastic show tonight, everyone. And we will certainly, we cannot wait to see you the same time next week. See you in a week, folks. Have a good one.